0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to fredolaysnacker.spnation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Previous Stakes ends April 3rd,
1: 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips. See official
0: rules at fredolaysnacker.spnation.com.
1: This episode of State of the Nova Nation is sponsored by our friends at Homefield. Introducing our new sponsor Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. Homefield brings you incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They dig through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs. Homefield launched its Villanova collection last Saturday, and this collection features 14 pieces of apparel, including t-shirts, hoodies, and crewnecks, all with vintage marks. I received my Nova Nation Homefield shirt this past week, and it completely exceeded my expectations. I love the design, the material is super soft, and for all my female Wildcat fans out there, the cut and the style is perfect to wear to a game and casual enough to wear to cheer on the cats. To explore the full collection, be sure to use the promo code Hoops at checkout. That's Hoops, all one word, all capital, for a discount on homefieldapparel.com to get all the apparel you need for March. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the State of the Nova Nation podcast from VU Hoops. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, we've got a taste of it so far, Mm. but it really starts today as you're listening. As Pat and I are recording, the second first four games are going on. First impression so far, Pat. How are you feeling about tonight? How you feeling about tomorrow?
0: Well, first off, happy St. Patrick's Day as well. Happy as, St. Patrick's as Day, yeah. It. What a day. What a day today, Thursday. is. Uh, it felt really good to watch some NCAA tournament. Uh, cool to see Indiana get the win. Mike Woodson, former Knicks coach, um, coaching yep. them to an NCAA tournament win. We are recording right before the Notre Dame Rutgers tip, which is a game that, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to have in the background while we record this because I'm very yeah. excited for that game. Um, I not, Rutgers not an in this Yeah. two. Rutgers is not an easy out. So it just feels good to be back up and running, and it's going to feel even better when all these games kick off with fans, of course, as we did not have from a year ago, or not have um, as much in in all the areas uh, from a year ago at uh, 1215 Eastern.
1: Oh, my God. I I actually cannot believe it's here. Pat and I were talking about how crazy our schedules are right now. And this just – It feels like another job, honest to God, having all these games. In a good way, though. In a good
0: way, yes.
1: Excited about it. But before we get into everything, if you haven't listened to our episode from Tuesday, make sure to do that now. We do a very general preview of the entire field of 68. We talk upsets, snubs, specific players to watch that will probably become household names. We also do a recap of the Big East tournament. And as we mentioned in Tuesday's episode, Today is all about the South region, and mm. today is all about Villanova's specific path to the Final Four, and I think Pat and I are going to make some predictions at the end. I filled out my bracket since we last recorded, Pat, did you?
0: I did, I did. I, I, I can't say I finalized it yet.
1: Okay, um, interesting. I,
0: I'll go back. I'm one of those people that's going to tinker with it a little oh, bit, yeah. but which I probably shouldn't. I should just do a gut and, and go with that, but I'm excited.
1: So that's, that's what I've been... Um, grappling with because i think i had duke losing to davidson and oh, that I was do. very much a gut pick because i'm anti duke right now of course not sure if that's the move but then what? i'm gonna be so How dare you i'm gonna be so mad at myself if i go back change it and then davidson does end up winning right so i i don't think i'm gonna go back in i think i'm gonna leave everything as i did and as oh. everybody knows, the more you know about college basketball, the worse you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. Like we're at, not to say that we are complete experts or anything, but uh, <laughs> we're <Worcestershire>. whisper.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. That's uh, John Fanta has said that best. So funny. All right, but let's, I mean, we're going to start with the South region. I have a fun little way to start this off to talk about how good this region really is. You and I mm-hmm. both agreed that the East region with Baylor and UNC and UCLA and Purdue and Virginia Tech and Kentucky is probably the strongest, toughest region. And I, we I were love you through that- we
0: UNC in there like I wouldn't notice.
1: Yeah, just to mess with people. Never <laughs> know. Marquette, excuse me.
0: There you go. Thank um, you.
1: Yeah, Pat and I were not too upset with NOVA not getting the Philly path because of how tough that region is. But to give credit to the South region for better or worse – The South Region houses the Pac-12 champion, Mm -hmm. the Big East champion, the SEC champion, the AAC champion, and Illinois, who won a share of the Big Ten regular season title. So there is a fair share of uh, some championship DNA in there, if you're picking up what I'm
0: putting down. You also left out CAA champion Delaware.
1: How that was actually very rude of me. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I'm, I should, I should I'm have disappointed
0: in you. I'm very <laughs> disappointed in you. No, you're Listen, I'm glad Villanova is not in the East due to kind of the, the nature of that bracket and how rugged it is. When I look mm. at the South, though, I don't think it's the worst draw in the world. And why I don't think it's the worst draw in the world is because it's very top heavy. And
1: mm-hmm. what I
0: say about that is, yes, Arizona is an awful draw. You could say that Arizona and, and Tennessee, to their point as a three, might just be the team, the two teams playing the best basketball going into the tournament right now, and they both find a way into Villanova's side of the bracket. But I can't say I'm overly freaked out by Illinois in there as a four, I look at the the six is Colorado State, which is a good team, but not a team that I think will give you nightmares. And Houston, Houston's good. I actually think Houston's better than a lot of people give them credit for. They're a hard luck five.
1: Extremely underrated. They're
0: a hard luck five. But if things go well, they're going to have to play Arizona before there was Mm -hmm. even a potential game against Villanova. So all that said, I don't think it's a terrible draw. But yes, you have to understand Villanova has potential matchups against Arizona and Tennessee, which are those are some damn good basketball teams.
1: Quite literally, the worst teams to face right now. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think. I, actually, this is obvious to me. There's no team hotter than Tennessee, and Arizona has just been this juggernaut yes. all year long. They are they the like, are they the favorite
0: right now? I I'm sure like a say, lot of people are picking Zona to win the title.
1: I haven't looked at it, but of everything I've listened to and read, all the experts are picking Arizona. Mm-hmm. I've I, seen it I a do lot. think. I'm kind of liking this for Gonzaga, kind of liking that they're almost the underdog going in because I do think that they deserve that title. Oh, my God. But, yeah, being in the same region as Arizona is tough, but saying that it's top heavy is the perfect way to put it because once you get past six, seven, I'm feeling pretty decent about Villanova's chances.
0: Yeah, there are some worse Brackets up there with you know middle teams. I'll say yeah. that you would have to go through, especially just look at the East. You know Texas, Virginia Tech, Saint Mary's, Indiana, even the the UNC Marquette. Um, as I pick on the East with just how stacked. Yeah. Virginia that, Tech
1: is an eleven, which yeah. is bogus.
0: It, yeah. All I'm trying to say here is yes, there there is no such thing as an easy path in the NCAA tournament. It does not exist, and it sure as hell doesn't exist for Villanova and, and the opponents they'd have to go through. But it could be worse.
1: Yeah. So I think we should save our ceiling for Villanova until the end of this episode, build a little, a little bit of suspense, if you will. Um, I have some specific stuff on Arizona. If we want to talk a little bit about how good they actually are beyond huh. just us saying it really, really <laughs> so, good. <laughs> so like I mentioned, PAC 12 tournament champions, also the PAC 12 regular season champs. I'm very curious to see how the PAC 12 does in this tournament because They've had some mixed bag results over the past couple of years, but is 15 and two in quadrants one and two. They've won 16 of their 18 Pac-12 games mm-hmm. by double digits. Yeah. They're big. They have elite scores. They have elite defensive players and they're deep. They just had a potentially catastrophic injury to care. Chrisa. Chrissa, I believe is how you say his last name. Mm-hmm. He's day-to-day with an ankle injury. They were still able to go out and win the Pac-12 championship game. So they can get things done even when they aren't full strength. And that is a huge ode to how good this team is.
0: They didn't lose a single home or neutral court game this year. Yeah, no. They had three losses, only three losses to Tennessee, UCLA, and Colorado, all good teams. Obviously, Tennessee and UCLA, very good teams. And did not drop anywhere else and then rebound in the NCAA, the NCAA tournament, the Pac-12 tournament and took down Colorado in the semifinals. Uh, what I look at with Arizona, too, is they are one of the most fun teams to watch this mm. year. They play beautifully, which is funny because it is such a it's a style contrast from what Villanova does not to say Villanova plays ugly, but we know Villanova plays slow. They try to grind you out and win with defense so and all those things. Yeah. Arizona has the eighth highest tempo in the country, the fourth shortest possession length in the country. And all that said, they're the fifth best offense in the country on top of it. They come at you and not only do they come at you all game, they make a lot of their shots. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And if any of this is reminding you of how Gonzaga plays, mm-hmm. that's because Tommy Lloyd is their head coach. And he spent student. years under Mark Few, who is the current head coach at Gonzaga. So that's what stuck out to me all year long. I actually didn't watch a ton of Arizona this year, but it's remarkable how fast they play, how much of a groove and fluidity this offense has. And they don't turn the ball over. They nope. don't make stupid mistakes. They are, they have, they lead the nation in assists. I'm reading that right. They lead the nation's in assists and assists rate. Mm -hmm. So their offense is the absolute off opposite of stagnant. There is always something going on when you're watching Arizona. And I think to give, if if Villanova does end up facing them, there are ways to win the tempo battle because they haven't really been pushed by a slow team all season long, but it's going to take a lot to, take control of that pace for sure.
0: Absolutely. You took the words out of my mouth here with how they play with uh, assists, with all the ball movement and and everything like that. And I think it's, it's so great to watch, but the one thing to look at is that when they had two of their three losses, two of them were blowouts to, to UCLA and to Colorado, they can be stifled. If you try and slow things down and grind them out and go at them defensively, which Villanova has the ability to do. We've talked about how good they've been defensively this year. It's not going to be easy, though, of course, mm-hmm. with, with all the talent that they bring on offense and how that system works so well.
1: Any team that makes them look ugly, I think, is going to come out on the better side. Of That's
0: it. what you have to do. You have to yeah. try and grind them out.
1: Yeah. And just to highlight two players, Benedict Matherin, I don't know if he was named All-American. Do you know if he was? Uh, He's on the Wooden Award list, so I have to assume he was.
0: I Definitely not a first teamer, but uh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure where he came in otherwise.
1: He averages just over 17 points per game. He was named the conference player of the year, and Christian Coloco was the defensive player of the year in the conference, so uh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty not, good,
0: not, not a bad roster.
1: <laughs> That's the one seed. I think nobody had any gripes about being the one seed, and you could potentially argue that they were the best team in the country coming into Selection Sunday. That's where Arizona is at right now.
0: Yeah, Mathurin was a uh, second team All-American.
1: Okay, thanks for checking that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, Nova's at two. Yep. Uh,
1: don't think we need to go into anything super in depth here. Tennessee is at three, oh, and yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around how little I want a rematch and how much I want a rematch. I don't know where I stand.
0: Um, I prefer not to uh, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Can that... they win
1: it? Can they win a rematch? Nova?
0: Yes. Yes, Villanova can win a rematch, but this Tennessee team, we told you in November when Villanova played them, this team is only going to grow, and it Mm -hmm. turned into a monster once it got into the swing of SEC play. They have lost one game since February 1st, and that was a road game to Arkansas, obviously a very talented team team there as well. And they boast two wins over Kentucky and they are one of the Arizona's three losses this year. Uh, Rick Barnes, of course does a great job there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They are so difficult to break down ball movements. Good. Kennedy Chandler has only gotten better as the season has progressed. Viscovi's got the potential to really punish you from deep. This is a really good Tennessee team. And as we said on Tuesday, should have been a two seed in the West. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, barring anything crazy, I do think Villanova and Tennessee will have that rematch. And I think you could make a strong argument that this is going to be one of the best games in the tournament, in the entire tournament. I mean, A, I cannot emphasize enough how good of a win Tennessee turned out to be, despite how bad of a game it was at Hmm. Mohegan Sun. (laughs) And I also cannot emphasize enough how different Tennessee will look if Villanova does play them versus what we saw back in, oh my God, was it December, November?
0: November, yeah.
1: Yeah. Kennedy Chandler is a entirely different beast. They're better on defense. They're better on offense. The one thing that Tennessee does not have going in their favor is age and experience. They Mm -hmm. are led by Kennedy Chandler, who is one of the best point guards in the country, and Zakai Ziegler, who came out of nowhere and has been a... Oh, is he from Long Island? That's cool. I know that. 1A, 1B in terms of guards. They are both phenomenal players. They're so quick. They're so lethal. They can drive. They can shoot. They run the offense really, really well. We saw a really good performance by Santiago Vescovi at Mohegan Sun. That was just about the only thing going right for Tennessee. So, Hmm. again, as much as I don't want to see Tennessee, I do think this is such a good matchup because these teams – are they just, it's such a good matchup for each other. You're, you're scared of the size of Tennessee, but you also would love to see Colin Gillespie just take Kennedy Chandler at the point guard matchup.
0: Yeah, for sure. And ju- just to play devil's advocate there and also go on Villanova side. I think this is a much different Villanova team that yeah, played Tennessee and found a way to win that game. It was, you're not going to see Tennessee put up 53 points again, as they did at Mohegan Sun Um, for that game. But I think Villanova's come such a long way as we've talked about and kind of variety on offense and growing into a much better defensive squad, seeing what they can do kind of with the bench with introducing Jordan Longino and Caleb Daniels was not playing the role that he certainly is now. So to give a little bit to Villanova, they're also a much different and in my mind, much improved team over the one that beat Tennessee. But of course, Tennessee, the, the strides they have made since that game has been really incredible and if we take a step back just from a fan lens, it's been pretty fun to watch too.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Uh, All these games, the SEC tournament game was phenomenal. Great. Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I do have Villanova over Tennessee in my bracket, even though I was seemed to be heralding Tennessee. I do think (laughs) Villanova can take them. Um, Something Villanova did really, really well in that game too, that made Tennessee play so ugly. Like we were just talking about with Arizona they caused a ton of turnovers. Villanova's composure is going to take them far in this tournament. Again, that's the age coming into it. If you can make Kennedy Chandler have a bad game, Tennessee does not look nearly as formidable as they do right now.
0: Exactly. I think that's going to be very important is Villanova's experience and just wherewithal that this is not the first time that they are, yeah. that they're going into this. This is a crop of players that's been there before. Um, and for a lot of these guys, you know, they got their first experience last year and they did it without Colin Gillespie. And now they get to do it with Colin Gillespie. And I, I don't think I need to talk about how much of a difference that makes.
1: No, not at all. Very no. good point though. I don't have a ton on Illinois. I did choose them over Chattanooga, which I wasn't happy about, nope. but I really felt like that would have been a big
0: move. Chattanooga's is coming.
1: You've, you actually have them in your bracket. I do. Wow.
0: I don't trust this Illinois team in the slightest.
1: Even though Kofi Coburn is one of the best players in the country.
0: Certainly is. Um, but I, I like what Chattanooga can bring and that they are not your normal mid-major. You kind of talked about hmm. that a little bit uh, on Tuesday with Malachi Smith and Sylvia De DeSouza, DeSouza too, excuse me. Um, name may sound familiar. Because he's a former Kansas player that, of course, played for Kansas when Villanova beat number one, Kansas, in a game that me and you are a little familiar with Um, being able to call that one. So uh, they've got a little bit of pedigree there. And it's just it's more of my distrust for Illinois. And I, I was all in on them last year. And last year's team was a better team than this year and we saw how they fell, call it unfair that I'm holding that against them. I totally get that, but I, I've seen some inconsistencies this year as well. I think they're they are uh, they're on upset alert.
1: Not having a point guard like I would assume that was obviously a huge loss. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do think it being a little harsh because they had to play Loyola Chicago, who in no universe should have been seeded. No, you're completely correct.
0: Yep, you are completely correct.
1: So maybe their path would have been a little bit
0: easier, but
1: you're right. I don't, I don't think this is as good of a team. And if any team can find a way to shut Kofi Coburn down, similar to what I just said about Kennedy Chandler, this team doesn't really have much. They're not particularly great at shooting. They're not particularly great at off at defense. Kofi Coburn is just really, really good.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. it. Exactly. And they certainly can get past Chattanooga, 100%. I'm not telling you like this is, oh, I, I am 100% sure that they're going to find a way to lose here. But if they do get to that next round, and I know UAB over Houston is starting to pick up some steam for people as an upset pick. I don't I don't like that at all. I think Houston's going to be able to stifle them defensively. If it is a Houston-Illinois matchup, I like Houston to be able to get past them. Man, metrics love Houston? But they love, yes, yes, they do.
1: And the people hate them.
0: I know. It's very weird. I get that they had their losses to Memphis. I, I get that. And that can be scary. But then they whipped them over the weekend. Right?
1: They're fourth overall in Kempon and third overall in net rankings. And they were a five
0: seed. Pretty wild, right? Right. Conference champion as well. Top
1: 12 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Those are historical numbers that we talk about. I actually have a cool stat, too. Every team that has won the national title since 2002, except 13-14 UConn, finished the year in the top 25 in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. That applies to Arizona. That also applies to Houston people. This team is insanely underrated. I don't think Villanova will have to face them. I think that's a good thing. I, they might cause some issues, though, for some team. Uh, I, d- I, I do not think they should be on upset alert at all.
0: No, a, a Houston Arizona matchup would actually be so much fun, just with the yeah. the contrasting styles there. So, uh, they're a good team. I I am happy that they are on the top side of the bracket yeah. for uh, for the South. I think they're
1: they're a really tough gig. Yeah, I feel the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got Colorado State next, the sixth seed. There have been some. There's been some chatter about them non-basketball related in the past week. Apparently there was a flight mix-up and they didn't know when they were flying to their game until the day before. So I wonder how that will affect their play. (laughs) I know how anti-Michigan you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not
0: picking Michigan.
1: (laughs) Are you Colorado State's biggest fan right now, Pat? Uh,
0: For game one. Yes. I I think they get past Michigan. I'll, I'll ride the John Rothstein Kool-Aid here uh, where I have seen him talking about Colorado State for a while and how much he rates this team. They do have some decent wins, you know, to their name this year. They've beaten our friends at Creighton, uh, St. Mary's, um, as well as San Diego State, Boise State, and Boise State again. This is – it's a legit Colorado State team. This is not a pushover by any means. They shoot the ball pretty well, especially uh, from two – I think they're going to cause trouble for Michigan a team that I do not believe deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. So, watch out for Colorado State.
1: Again, I do not feel as strongly about Michigan as you do. I know, I know. But this is Mountain West year. I really think this is the year that the Mountain West conference solidifies their spot as a top-tier mid-major, if that makes sense. Like they're they're not top like top of the anybody. mids they're not like everybody else. They deserve to be in that conversation as one of the best mid-major country conferences and countries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. look, they sent four um, teams to the dance. I know yeah, Wyoming no, I, lost, but
1: I know that Michigan may be a trendy pick. They did lead their conference in two point field goal percentage. That is because of Hunter Dickinson, who I mentioned last episode. They're also very good at free throw shooting, but I also do not think they have the talent to keep up with a team like Colorado state. So I think they get bounced in the first. Oh,
0: round. you do. I thought you were going to yeah. pick Michigan.
1: No, no, I, I'm not going to pick them, but I think they deserve to be in the tournament.
0: I guess that's where I'm different from you. Yeah, no, all. Yeah. All good. And from there, you want to start going into Delaware and stuff since we're getting into the uh, opponents. We're basically no, I was going to say, yeah.
1: we will get into them at a later point in this episode. So I think it's smart to go to Delaware right now.
0: All right. We can start with it then. So kicking things off, as everyone knows at this point, the Villanova Wildcats at 26-7, and seven, your Big East champions, will be playing Delaware 22-12, your CAA champions, on Friday at 2.45 Eastern in Pittsburgh. What to look at here for Delaware. Delaware lost their last three games of the regular season, fell to 10-8 and 8 in conference, and a five seed in their conference tournament before going on that run. To make sure that they punched their ticket to the dance, including a win over number one seed in uh, in the CAA Towson, which I think most people assumed Towson was going to get here and be the representative from the CAA. But of course, Delaware able to find a way to stifle them on defense, beat Drexel and UNC Wilmington as well on their way here. And interestingly enough, they are definitely playing some of their best basketball right now. The largest deficit that they faced in their three games in the conference tourney was seven points. So they never really fell behind. They played really well and here they are.
1: I'm not sure where to start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think if Villanova was a little bit of a worse team and Delaware was a little bit of a better team, I would be asking you if you believed in momentum. Mm. Because this feels like a very, again, if things were a little bit different, this feels like a very good example of a team that got hot at the right time and could make some really crazy stuff happen in the in the NCAA tournament. tournament. That being said, Villanova's too good. And Delaware doesn't have that much momentum.
0: No. Um, or, or talent.
1: Or talent, or postseason experience this is their first tournament appearance since 2014 they've never won a game in the ncaa tournament
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and the other thing with them too is they they didn't really play a top team this year which uh, you know understandably so coming from the the caa you're not always going to have those big non-conference opportunities kind of the biggest one their biggest win was over towson which was inside uh ken palm's top 80 they played davidson and lost there, and their other one was Iona. They gave them a game fighting Eugene's, um, and uh, and <laughs> fell to them as well. So not not really a big win on the resume, but of course you don't have to. You just got to win your conference tournament. That's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, that it. I mean, that's impressive. I had a notable games column for Delaware, Ohio State, and loyal Chicago, who we'll talk about in a second. And for Delaware, I had a twenty-two point loss in their opener to Davidson. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that is it.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough against teams like this to to kind of diagnose things. but yeah. we'll try the best we can. So starting with some players to watch here name that may sound a little familiar. Jameer Nelson Jr, a transfer from George Washington. Uh, really good player you know out there for them. he scored a season high 30 against James Madison, 29 against Iona and in a separate game had a little bit of a quiet CAA tournament, but certainly has the ability to hurt you with some of his athleticism. He does turn the ball over a decent amount. And that's also one of Delaware's biggest weaknesses is as a team, they turn the ball over a decent amount, but another thing to look at for him, he is uh, as rated by wind shares did a little advanced analytics for you. The fourth best defensive player in the conference. So wa- watch out for that when he's looking on, on Gillespie and Moore. he's a, he's a pretty competent defender.
1: Yeah. I will say if you, don't want to blow your brains out during this game don't do too much research on the nelson family because i have to believe that that will be just about the only thing the announcers have to
0: talk about in this second half take a shot every time you hear them say it you won't make it through the game
1: if things go to plan and we have talked for over five minutes about this delaware matchup and have not mentioned dylan painter
0: Mm -hmm. so that
1: needs to change right now uh, i was gonna
0: save him for last him. but fine we'll you, do it <laughs> you all
1: remember him we remember him dylan painter spent one year and over or is it two
0: uh two years
1: two years i think it was our year right
0: correct he came in in our year
1: came in in our freshman year us and dylan painter cut from the same cloth as i'm Clearly. sure many people expected yep he is now the leading rebounder at Delaware. And he is second on the team in points. So he's created a niche for himself.
0: He has. Uh, he had a great year last year. And then certainly he stepped back a little bit this year. But he still's had a, a pretty nice year for them. He's been hit or miss in games for them, especially lately. He's not even lately. He's been struggling lately. Uh, He did have an injury, which, uh, and then that's where you started to see things fall off a little bit for him. And he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm since then. Of course, there's going to be some extra juices flowing for him as he is playing the school that he first started at. Fun fact for him, the last game he played for, for Villanova, was versus Quinnipiac, if you remember that game, at the Wells Fargo Center. That's cool. Other favorite fact of mine for him is Dylan Painter was a starter in the first ever game at the new Finneran Pavilion.
1: Yeah. There's another one that I think Colin, what what was it with him and Colin?
0: Did you see that? I did not.
1: Oh, I can't even say I'm going to butcher it, but just something about how ridiculously long Colin has been at Villanova versus how long Dylan Painter has been at Villanova. I mean, it's absurd that these guys are both still playing. We've been out of school for almost two years now.
0: Don't say that, please.
1: (laughs) Um, I have a few takeaways from this game. If we Mm -hmm. want to transition there, one thing that is working in Delaware's favor, they are deep. They have eight players that average 10 minutes or more, and they have six players that average almost 10 points. So they do move the ball around a decent amount. However, and I have this to say about another team that we'll talk about as well. Delaware plays very slow. They are 199th in the country in tempo and no team in the country can beat Villanova at Villanova's own game, which is just grueling, methodical pace of play. There is no chance you can beat Villanova if you want to play slow. And that's why I think Delaware has no chance.
0: I like it. Another player to look at for them, Ryan Allen, three-point shooter, takes over 50% of his field goals. Field goal attempts are from deep, but then looking at this Delaware team kind of going through it, They don't play very strong three-point defense, and we Mm -hmm. saw from Villanova, especially against UConn, when they're on, they can certainly hit from deep with uh, more Gillespie and Daniels. As I stated before, they turn the ball over a a pretty decent amount, and then what leads into Villanova's game here as well, they're not a big team. I believe Dylan Painter is their um, biggest player on them and we know that he can have some athleticism challenges as well so i don't think he's going to really have or delaware as a whole are going to be able to really go inside and exert themselves there so it gives villanova two options and i'm honestly not even sure which one jay is going to go with this game it will lend itself more to if eric dixon is going to be on the floor because they Mm -hmm. don't have to go small to try and exploit something differently and see what dixon can do say in a painter matchup or they can just stick with what's been working which is going small, kind of match up man for man with Delaware and go out and try to exploit that pretty poor three-point defense.
1: I would love to see the former. I mm. would love to see Dixon get some minutes underneath him. It's funny because they're not Delaware's not big, but 50 over 50% of their points come from two-pointers. True, two, right, yeah. So so they don't have a lot of options. They're not that great inside. They're worse, though, from beyond the three-point line. So I think this is a really, really good first matchup, honestly. I think we both think that this one won't be particularly close, but Eric Dixon can get some confidence back underneath him on the offensive and defensive end, which I think he really needs after his past couple of games. Again, he was dealing with that illness, but this could be a nice reset for him. I think the perimeter defense will have to stay fresh because – the next few opponents that Villanova will face if they get past Delaware will be much better from three point range.
0: Yeah, quite simply, it's a game Villanova has to win. Um, and yep. they have the talent, they have the coaching, you know, they have the system put in place and they have the stylistic even advantages here where uh, Villanova just quite simply has to play their normal game and they will come away with a win. You got a double digit win? Yes, I'll say that begrudgingly.
1: Why begrudgingly?
0: Because I get scared come March.
1: Yeah, I I, I confidently think they're going to win by double digits.
0: Okay, okay. All right, they, they I should. Be, I believe they're be
1: blasphemous a, if they don't. I yeah. believe they're a 15-point favorite. Yeah, I don't know if I would take that. But I do think that won by double digits. Okay, we can go from that. Spreads scare me, Pat. I am so scared (laughs) of
0: spreads. That's the fun part. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we then get into a potential second round matchup, we do have some exciting news from our sponsors at 19.9. 19.9 creates original designs tailored to the nostalgia of the epic moments in college basketball history. They celebrate the eras, players, coaches, and the rivalries that make college basketball the sport we love. And speaking of rivalries, check out the apparel collection from 19.9 of Villanova University and the University of Connecticut, straight off their matchup in the Big East semifinals. 19.9 restocked your favorite apparel and added new vintage items. So go to 19.9.com. That's numbers 1-9 and the word 9, all one word.com, or follow the link in the description to grab the nostalgic gear you need. So no disrespect to Delaware, Pat. Mm.
1: But now we get into the fun part.
0: I say be careful. Don't tempt fate.
1: True. I won't. But I am very excited to talk about the potential 7-10 matchup that Villanova will face if they get past Delaware. And that's 7 Ohio State or the 10 seed Loyola Chicago
0: it's a really good game. First off, yeah. I'm excited. The seven, 10 matchups are normally pretty good. And this year I honestly think they are phenomenal because we have this game, which is a good one. Michigan state. Davidson is just chef's kiss. i um, going to be very good. <laughs> the underrated one of it is Murray state, San Francisco. Oh yeah. Two great teams and two teams under If we're being completely honest here, mm-hmm. Miami USC is such an intriguing one. Uh, As well, on top of it, so some awesome 710 matchups here. Do you want to start with Ohio State? Yeah, uh,
1: do want to tell people though to check out Charlie Moore's 18th year in college basketball at Miami.
0: We sure it's only his 18th,
1: it might be 21st. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm starting to lean towards there. Yeah, all right, let's start with
1: Ohio State. Is that what you're saying?
0: I shout out to Paul. (laughs) yeah well no we we can start with Ohio State so beginning with Ohio State they start and end with EJ Liddell that is Mm -hmm. the simplest way to put it it truly is and so much so that EJ Liddell as ranked by Ken Palm is the sixth best player in the country this season yeah so he has been all over it for Ohio State this is a team that can be explosive on offense they have multiple shooters they have 5 guys coming in that shoot 36% or more, 3 guys that shoot 40% or more from beyond the arc. So they can certainly hurt you from deep. The biggest thing with this Ohio State team is over their last 13 games, they are 6 and 0 when they shoot better than 48% from the field. Mm. They are 0 and 7 when they do not. The last time Villanova allowed uh, 48% or more from the field was Providence Part 1, in which, of course, Villanova won that game. So it doesn't happen it very won. often. And, win. Yes.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I love all that. I will add, talking about how much this team relies on EJ Liddell, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. I think a lot yeah. of teams rely on one player. Stars help. Yep. Uh, the team is 1911 on the year. They they did finish the season three and five with some pretty bad losses to Penn State, Maryland, and Nebraska. Oh, the they got bounced out. The Penn State loss is
0: inexcusable.
1: Yeah, they got bounced out of the Big Ten tournament early, which was not a good way to go into this tournament. But 1911 on the year. There have only been four games all season long for Ohio State where EJ Liddell or another really good scoring guard, Milaki Branham, have not been the leading scorer. So you talk about dependency on a player and then you talk about EJ Liddell leading scoring literally almost every single night. The most remarkable thing is that he only averages 33 minutes a game. I don't know how he doesn't average 39. That's a some credit to the coaching staff and how they're able to distribute these minutes. But if Nova can eliminate EJ Liddell, this team is nothing. Not many teams have been able to do that, but mm-hmm they are so one-dimensional when it comes to his scoring and they are an incredible three-point shooting team. And that's why Villanova cannot give anything up against Delaware because they have a huge matchup to prepare for. If it is Ohio state that makes it through.
0: Yeah. So I won't go as far as you as to say, it's only focused on EJ Liddell because they do have other guys that can hurt as I was going from deep, but yes, Liddell is certainly, you know, the guy to key in on here. Uh, consistency. I feel like it's something we bring up with a bunch of teams. Ohio state has really struggled with that this season. Uh, what I look at it, part of why this team is where they are is they don't force turnovers on defense, add that into Villanova's kind of ability to not turn the ball over as well on offense. And I think that Nova is going to have a, you know plenty of possessions and plenty of chances if they were to play Ohio state mm-hmm. to hurt this team. And interestingly enough as well, they are not a good rebounding team and and Villanova is a better rebounding team than I think a lot of, people give them credit for and i wonder if you start to or not start to if you see that shine through um, when these teams or not win but if these teams do play each other ohio state especially offensive rebounding wise is 150th in the country when it comes to that and defensively allowing offensive rebounds they're 207 in yeah. the country in it so you think about guys like dixon like slater like Samuels, that are good offensive rebounders, find a way to you know get down to it. Hell, Gillespie's a good rebounding guard. Mm-hmm. And then as well, I think Nova is going to have some opportunities here by A, not turning the ball over, and B, some second-chance possessions, that they would be able to uh, to go on a run here to put Ohio State away.
1: Yeah, Nova's so good at, at rebounding, and it's because of those guards that people just don't talk about. I don't know if I would go as far as to say offensive rebounding is a strength of Bill Nova's, mm-hmm. but it's not like Ohio State is going to be particularly huge in the paint. They're not a huge team. Liddell is six, seven. The offense runs through him. I, I don't know. So they're the 13th ranked offense in the country, according to Ken Palm. Yep. And they're the 130th ranked defense.
0: And that's what got is there,
1: is there a team that has that much of a difference? <laughs> Does it come down to consistency? Like I saw that and had to double check multiple times because it's absurd to see a team that is that good on offense, just a few points away from Villanova, but that bad on defense and still be even a seven seed in the tournament.
0: It's uh, it's difficult to to be able to do that. I'll give you another example of a team that's like that is Davidson is 11th in the country in offense and 147th in defense. It's a weird combination. It most certainly is. Um, you can see it on the flip side too, between defense and offense but uh, as you can tell when there is such a discrepancy it can it's difficult to be able to come out there and bring the same thing every night
1: i think what it comes down to for me is that if anybody maybe two players on Villa, villanova are on offensively it's going to be really hard for ohio state to make stops and then hopefully villanova can put the clamp on on defense and force turnovers and box out their defenders to grab some of those offensive rebounds because we should have mentioned this from the top. Ohio state was one of the biggest upsets, if not the biggest upset last year in the tournament as a two seed, they lost in their first game to number 15 seed oral Roberts. EJ Liddell was on that team. He doesn't forget. He, He doesn't not remember what happened. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder this year. He's not going to want the same thing to happen. That being said, I'm just not sure this team
0: has enough talent to make a deep run. I really want revenge for losing the second game of the year in 2020. To them, I'm still annoyed by that game.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, that stayed with me. That was me. a good one. When Nova shot like 20% um, through that game, I oh, that bothered me. So I, yeah, still fresh in my head, even though we're two years later. <laughs> but yeah, no, Ohio State can hurt them. They can, they have the ability, especially offensively. They have the star in Liddell and and sometimes all you need is a star to be able to go on a run, but team wise, makeup wise, and how I think Villanova will run their game. If Nova is there and if they are playing Ohio state, I do believe they can advance.
1: So this might have already been answered, but would you rather play Ohio state or the Tennessee loyal Chicago?
0: (laughs) I would rather play Ohio state.
1: I feel the same way. I hate And now the we get Chicago to tell you why.
0: <laughs> I hate the Loyal Chicago matchup. Oh and it's my gonna God. happen. It's gonna happen. They're going to beat I Ohio don't, State.
1: I don't know why people continue to act like Loyal Chicago was the underdog. The fact that they got what what seed were they last year when they beat Illinois?
0: Oh, that's With a great six? question. Uh, they were underseeded whatever they were. Um, yeah. I, I don't have it in front of me.
1: I don't either. I should have looked it up beforehand. It was a huge deal that they were so um, do you say high or low that they were so low last time? Right?
0: Yeah, it, sh- it should have been better, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing this year. This is not the same team. It's not led by Porter Moser anymore. This is still a team, a led by Sister Jean, and we know how much <laughs> of she
0: matters. Of course,
1: this team just gets it done. They have another star in Lucas Williamson. He's their mm-hmm. leading scorer and rebounder. They're forty third in offense and twenty third in defense. So a much closer margin. The funniest thing to me, and this is what I wanted to talk about the most. Tempo, 309th in the country, Pat. 309th.
0: Yeah, it's actually, it's really interesting because how things were drawn, especially on their side of the bracket or their side of the South, everyone plays pretty slow where Villanova is. And that actually goes into an advantage. For Villanova, mm-hmm. Because we know that they can struggle once things start to get sped up, if they get sucked into that sort of a game. Uh, Loyola Chicago, as you said, another team that plays slow. Ohio State, another team that plays slow. But yeah, lo- looking, looking at Loyola Chicago, efficient is just the first thing that comes to mind. They are top 15 in the country in both three-point percentage and two-point percentage. Uh, They are top 10 in the country in effective field goal percentage. They are a very strong defensive team on top of it. Uh, They are very difficult. They are here to wear you down. As you said, Lucas Williamson is a very, very solid player. This is a good team. And this is a team that has the ability to, on their day, make things very difficult for anyone I think they are the worst case scenario matchup for Ohio State because of how Mm. they play defensively that is that is not the type of team that Ohio State wants to go up against is someone that's really going to pride themselves on the defensive side and try and lock them down on offense I feel really really good that Loyola is going to win that game
1: yeah I also feel strongly that that Loyola is going to win too they've now won two or more games and two straight tournament appearances. That's why I'm saying that nobody should be talking about them as an underdog anymore because they show up in March and they win. The one thing that you can't say they do is beat really good teams in the, in the regular season. And that's not them specifically. It's their conference. They're three and two in quadrant one, five and four in quadrant two, which is not great. And they're seven and one in, in Q3. So they just don't have any resume wins that, for a team like Villanova specifically that's what we talk about all season long how big these wins are in terms of what the selection committee is going to think on selection Sunday and that is of Chicago's biggest disadvantage that's their biggest weekend weakness they just haven't played on that level that being said I don't think we see a different version of this team because they can't live up to the moment you and I both feel strongly that they're going to beat Ohio State
0: credit to them though they beat uh, Tony Stubblefield's Death Star in DePaul uh, in December. So just wait when until... they were
1: hot. Yeah, when so they ju- were hot too. Just
0: just wait until that thing gets fully operational. Um, and <laughs> they Years did. From now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did beat San Francisco. Also, to give them credit, yeah. and San Francisco's really, really good. But no, they don't have that kind of big name type win. They did lose to Auburn and Michigan State when they played them earlier in the year. But yeah, I By like single what... digits though. Yeah, I, I like what yeah. Drew Valentine's doing. Um, I I understand it's not the same team as we've seen the past couple of years. There's still some holdovers on it, but there very clearly is a system and a program in place here at Mm -hmm. Loyola Chicago that makes them so difficult. It's why they're able to get back to the tournament. um, And here they are again. It's, It's not a favorable matchup by any means for Villanova if it happens, but it's one that I think Nova has more offensive talent here than Loyola Chicago and can ride that one out.
1: Yeah. Again, I don't think any teams can win at Villanova's game, which is playing slow. So I think Villanova gets the the check in the box in the tempo category. I think they have better shooters than Loyola Chicago. Somebody locking down Lucas Williamson is a big task. I think Slater or Daniels will have a big task right after, or I was going to say right after playing EJ Liddell. They'll either get a really tough task in Lucas Williamson or EJ Liddell, but When it comes down to it, I think you're right. Villanova just has more talent on offense. Loyola Chicago also is not a great free throw shooting team.
0: Mm, So I
1: wouldn't be surprised if Villanova plays a little bit more physical, tries to exploit that weakness. And then on the flip side, oh, my God, just keep driving the ball and get to the free throw line so that they can rack up points that way.
0: We may have mentioned that once or twice throughout the season. So uh...
1: I don't know, we might not have hammered it home
0: enough. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. So yes, absolutely would be looking out for that.
1: I also hope it's Loyola Chicago. And then you've got Villanova Loyola Chicago, and then you've got that potential Villanova Tennessee matchup. Mm-hmm. So we're going to we're going to hold it there for now because of yes. course we uh, will have an episode or two in between Villanova's next matchup but
0: or tears or tears <laughs> yeah
1: i don't i would prefer not to manifest that if it that's was true up to me.
0: that's true never All mind i take perfect, it back
1: though let's talk about confidence level going into this first week
0: okay i like that i like that so as we know villanova at times has struggled with first weekend and being able to get to that second weekend i do think villanova is going to get um down to the regional for the sweet 16 and the elite eight there. I I feel really good about the Delaware matchup. I think that comes up nicely. If they end up playing Ohio state, I'm still going to feel pretty good. If they play Loyola, I think it's going to be a very nervy game. It's going to be a very close game. We're talking about being able to say beat Delaware by, if it's going to be double digits, I'd be surprised if Villanova were able to beat Loyola by double digits.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah.
0: But I think they can get it done. So I'll say confidence level that they get to second weekend. Seven out of 10.
1: Okay. I was going to say eight. That's okay. much more optimistic than you usually are. Well, thank of, you,
0: know, you. It's, you know, St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Like I you said, you're feeling, feeling good. NCAA tournament is probably going to
1: screw us so hard. No, yeah. I, I was actually filling out this bracket. I really had no expectations for what I was going to do with Villanova. Um, I think I said on Tuesday that I felt much more confident about this team after the Big East tournament than I have all season long. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the sweet 16 and then I'm in the elite eight and sneak peek. I had Arizona and Villanova. I had Arizona winning, but there is a chance Villanova makes it to the final four.
0: Oh, uh, I'm yes. I would, certainly would not rule out the possibility with how things go that Villanova get to the final four. I think their ceiling is also Elite eight. Just understanding mm-hmm. that Arizona ask. I, I can't go into that and say, I think they're going to win that game. I agree with, with I agree. how, listen, if they get there, of course, anything can happen and let's do this and find a way to get to that final four in new Orleans. But Arizona in my mind is the favorite right now and are the favorite for the reason, just for all the things we kind of wax poetic at the top of the show and how they're playing. So if Villanova does get to an elite eight, that would mean they most likely have to, again, a Loyola win would be very impressive. Tennessee would be a incredible win to be able to sweep them. It's a pretty solid outing. If they get there, of course, We'll see what happens. Uh, no guarantees whatsoever. This is March after all.
1: Oh my God. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I'm really confident in where Villanova sits right now. Of course, barring catastrophe, hopefully the stars show up. Hopefully the defense holds up. Hopefully they're able to make it to the free throw line. Again, take a shot every time you hear the announcers talking about how good of a free throw shooting team Villanova is. Maybe you've already been been taking shots because of how yeah, much we talk about it. Exactly. Couldn't blame you for play that. Play that game on Friday
0: to free throw shots. Um, Jameer Nelson's dad. Yep. And did you know Dylan Painter went to Villanova? Dylan
1: Painter. Love it. All yep. three you are going to be on the floor by the end. Exactly what you need on a Friday afternoon.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly that right. Game, 245 hopefully,
1: game. <laughs> hopefully that game is smooth sailing. And then uh, we get into it. And it's so funny because I, I love the point you said about all these teams being slow. All these games are going to be so painful. Oh my God. Every single game we are going to be so. Emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted at the end because they're all going to be rock fights.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the noise complaint to be filed against me. It's 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 that time of year. (laughs) Um, so you know, (laughs) no, it's it's going to be fun. It's it's the best time of year. I'm so excited for this thing to kick off later today as everyone listens to this and. Nova's here and we talk about an elite eight and, and, you know, potential there sweet 16, whatever is can never take for granted. The fact that this team has made nine straight NCAA tournaments and yeah. has been a one or two seed, And I had the number and I lost it, but has been uh, you know, towards the top of those seating in a lot of them. So the, the run that Villanova has been on is incredible. Nothing is guaranteed. Of course, let's just enjoy the ride here. But as you said, I, I do feel good about this Nova team coming off of a big East tournament win and let's roll. Let's March Nova.
1: I feel the same way. We're so spoiled, but I love it.
0: We we certainly are.
1: (laughs) We got one more question before we both forget though.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kind of a thrown together mailbag, and I'll be the one to say my bad because I had a, <laughs> I, I had a long day at work, and I completely forgot to put out a mailbag in the middle of the day like I normally do, so I asked kind of late right before we we recorded. So we only got one question, and uh, again, that's my fault. We'll make up for it next week, I promise. But it came in here from Stephen Kemp. Due to the lack of bench depth this season, do you wish that Cole Swider stayed at Villanova?
1: I must give you the floor.
0: Don't do this. Don't do this. I must. This. Oh, I no. must. Uh, so I, no, um, let, let's just go simply here with, with no, I, he did not fit the system. Um, it, it did not make sense, especially with how much Jay values defense and, and what he's looking to do there. I, I don't think Cole Swider would have made really any impact on what Villanova's done here, especially we talked about all the strides this team has made with defensively and how athletic they are on the wing with the Samuels Mm. and Slater, which would not have been the case if Cole Swider was out there and doing minutes. I understand it's great to look at it and see that he, oh, he scored 36 against UNC. Remember that performance against Florida State at Barclays wasn't that great. I think that's a lot of recency bias and not remembering the time at Villanova and also remembering that where he is right now at Syracuse was the best possible fit for him because it was an offense that just threw up threes, you know, through the Bayheims, through him, through Gerard and defensively is able to sit in his own, which was able to kind of protect some of his athletic limitations there. It is awesome for Cole. I root for Cole. I am happy that he is in a fit or in a place that is such a fit for him, but there was not a role for him here at Villanova, nor would this team be better with him on their roster and yeah. scene.
1: Very well said, very, um, slow claps. Very, very well said. Let's talk about how good it is that he did find the literally perfect system for him. I mean, I know some, I know some Syracuse fans who are huge Cole Swider fans. (laughs) He's been lighting it up at times this year. I think it's very impressive. Again, all they do is let him shoot and not play defense, which is exactly what he needs. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget. um, Yes. How much of a liability he was on defense and that at this point he would be the body that would give the starter some rest but I don't think we should go about um, fantasizing about what else he could bring besides that.
0: (laughs) No, no, same, same here. I, I like where the bench is going if Jay Foley trusts it with a Daniels and Longino kind of two coming off the bench there. I, I don't think Cole Swider would have added too much to it.
1: Seven to 10 minute range for Longino. That's the sweet spot.
0: Get it done. Jay. (laughs) play play the man play the man but yes we we're here
1: yeah and pat and i mentioned we we both have crazy schedules right now we won't be as in tune to the game as we both would like obviously so let us know what you think mid-game let us know what you think about villanova's ceiling that's something that we're really curious Mm -hmm. about your bracket thoughts your thoughts on the south region obviously during Delaware obviously during the Ohio state loyal Chicago name game, reach out to us, tell us what you think. This is the best time of the year for all of us. We're so excited. Thank you to everybody who listened to our episode on Tuesday. Thank you to everyone who's listening right now. Make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of our episodes and hopefully Pat knock on wood. We will be having happy episodes next week.
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. And feel free to to tell me about all the things I said wrong here with my bracket picks as I uh, went through some matchups. Davidson over Duke, people. Believe it. Yeah, Leave it. Um, (laughs) But no, yeah. The 245 game on a Friday didn't really come in clutch for us and our work schedules. So yeah, but we'll, we'll make the best of it that we can. We'll, we'll put it that way. as always, exactly, but all right, that'll do it for us here on the state of the Nova nation presented by VU hoops. Be sure to check out VU for plenty of articles to get you all set for all the madness that is about to take place. As we said, happy St. Patrick's day. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at S O N N pod and leave a rating. We will be back at it on Tuesday to recap all the action from this upcoming weekend. And Nova Nation, that's a wrap.